0: You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. With a great friend of the program, DJ Shockley, the former Falcons QB. DJ, we appreciate you taking the time. So a week ago, we were talking about the Falcons having a sluggish win in Chicago and all of the conversation about a Super Bowl hangover. How important then was it for the Falcons to look that good last night?
1: Be well, good to be over with you and with my man Cordell. It was great to have that type of win, uh, and I think it was big because it was on the, the national stage. Obviously, everybody knows what happened last year, and the narrative is still out there about the you know the Super Bowl hangover. And you come in playing against a a Green Bay team that can throw it around, and Aaron Rodgers, we know that. But uh, you also are playing on Sunday Night Football, where everybody gets a chance to to see what this new look 2017 Falcons team looks like, and you go out and. I thought it was decisive in all three phases. You got out there, Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't really comfortable throughout the ball game Offensively, you were able to do what you wanted to do. And uh, I thought late in the ball game, uh, if you're watching it or uh, I was there and you was able to hear the crowd kind of clap and yell and be excited when the, the Falcons got into the four-minute drill and they ran the ball. And I thought that the fans were a little smart about it because they – they say, "Hey, this is what we should have did last year." But it was good to see that part of the game uh, happen for the Falcons.
2: Tell me about Vic Beasley. Uh, tell me how he's he's holding up. His time off. Uh, how bad is his injury? And how much will it hurt this football team, knowing that they're losing losing their leading soccer and and probably their inspirational leader on the defensive side of the football.
1: Well, from all the uh, word around the branch, I was up there today. Uh, he has a little. Uh, partial tearing his hamstring and hoping it's no longer than a month but right now it seems like it'd be out for about a month or so uh just rehabbing that that hamstring and we all know how if you come back too early from a hamstring that can linger into two three months and before you know it you missed the whole season because of a hamstring but having a guy like Vic who's not on the field uh will be somewhat of an issue because of what he brings uh to the Falcons defensive line especially the way he rushes the passer He's got two sacks in two games. He's got tons of pressure. Uh, he's one of those guys that, with time, continues to get better. But the good thing about it is the Packers are deeper than they were last year. Now, this might have been an issue last year when you lose a guy who was your primary sack uh, guy on that defensive line. But now you got other guys who can step up and play more. You see more of the first-round pick from UCLA, Tack McKinley. He'll, be, he'll have a bigger demand for this team now. you still got Brooks Reed, who – Ended the game last week versus the Chicago Bears. Uh, Adrian Claiborne, who plays on the other side of Vic Beasley, will be a huge part of it. So you got more depth than you had last year. So losing a guy like Vic, yeah, it's going to be something that you don't want, but you have some other guys who can step in and, and kind of feel that voice.
0: Going around the league with DJ Shockley, the former Falcons quarterback. DJ, let me take you to Denver. We know the Broncos have a strong defense, but were you surprised how they dominated the Cowboys on the line of scrimmage and completely shut down Ezekiel Elliott?
1: Yeah, because when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, you always think of them as this big, you know, grueling offensive line that moves people around, and you know, the run game is just something that they're, you know, going to do and supposed to do. And the fact that Denver took, he would have say, "Hey, we're not going to allow you to to just run the football on us, and you have to beat us in other ways." Was big, but also uh, that offense for Denver going out and making some plays. You saw Trevor Simeon earlier in the ball game. You know, looking like a, a future Hall of Fame the way he was throwing the ball around and making plays, and some of the guys who you haven't heard from in a long time, like the Mayor's Thomas, making plays for you in that ball game. So I think this was a big statement game for Denver as well, because they wanted to go out and establish themselves on the prime time as well against one of the top teams on the other side of the NFC in the Dallas Cowboys. I thought they did that.
2: Kansas City, how about that guy, Alex Smith? All the conversations about him not being able to throw the football down the field, uh, thread the needle uh, when it comes down to having to make tight throws. Uh, But Andy Reid looked like he has him playing really good. Uh, Give me your take on how do you think they will handle this situation with Alex Smith moving forward if he can continue this trend of playing football, completing over 70% of his passes on a consistent basis, going on a road, beating a New England Patriots team, and then having a chance to play against Andy Reid's old team and, and come away with the victory by having some late great performances by the Justin Houston's of the world and Travis Kelsey, one of the lead receivers on this team.
1: Well, and, Corda, you know how it is, is. Any quarterback that's been in that position where you feel like your job is threatened and, It's on the line. You usually step up to the occasion and you accept that challenge. And I think Alex Smith has seen the writing on the wall, and it was written in permanent ink. Maybe when they drafted Patrick Mahomes and he had a good preseason, and all the hype was on him, but he said, "You know what? This is still my team. I still got a lot in me. I still got a lot to play for, and I'm going to make this hard on not just you, Andy Reid. I'm making it hard on the entire organization who's thinking about moving on from me." and He's only gonna rise. Make it stop rise now. And Kansas City's gonna have a tough thing on her hand, uh, especially coming up in the offseason. He continues that. But you talk about the the play of the defense. That's been one of the the the, the right spots for them. Obviously, losing uh, their emotional leader Eric Berry was you know tough for them. But uh, you got other guys who stepping up, like the Justin Houston of the world, who are definitely. Uh, fierce pass rushers come around the edge, and they force you to play a different type of ball game because you got to account for them literally on every single play like we were talking about with Denver and Vaughn Miller. So Kansas City is a team to be reckoned with. What they did on opening night against New England, I think said a lot of people notice. and uh, I think Alex Smith was saying, hey, don't forget about me now. Uh, I can still make some plays, and I'm making it hard on anybody who thinks I don't have it anymore.
0: He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with our friend DJ Shockley, the former Falcons quarterback. DJ, let me take you to Seattle. Felt like a NCAA tournament basketball game. Survive in advance. The Seahawks got it done barely against the 49ers. Seattle probably still going to win that division, but are they really a contender for the Super Bowl this year given how shaky that offensive line is? And for some reason, Eddie Lacy was a healthy scratch yesterday.
1: Yeah, you just haven't seen... The consistency that you've seen out of Seattle the last few years. I think any team playing Seattle now, and even going to Seattle, you're not afraid of them anymore. There used to be that, that stigma when you go to Seattle or you're playing Seattle, you're going to have a hard nosed defense going to get after you. Russell Wilson can hurt you in so many ways. But the first couple of weeks, their offense has been pretty dismal, and nobody will be afraid of Seattle. I guarantee you, the NFC, uh, when they compete against them. So I, I don't think they're one of the the prime contenders who's pushing for the NFC uh, title right now. Uh, things have to change. Russell Wilson, Wilson has to be better. You talk about that offensive line, and you went out and you got Eddie Lacy for a reason, and being a healthy scratch, that doesn't uh, have good signs for the future if he wanted to be the guy or you thought he was the guy that's going to come in and uh, make that weight and be a contributor. Right now he is not, and Seattle's offense is pretty dismal right now.
2: Andy Dunn for the Cincinnati Bengals. He has not thrown a touchdown yet. He has four interceptions and one fumble. He has a QB rating of 47.2. He has a QBR rating of 8.0. When you look at how this team has truly been built, uh, let's just say pretty tenacious on the defensive side of the football, kind of inconsistent because of being undisciplined, but yet you see them playing good. Offensively, everything starts with Andy Dalton. Uh, You like to get a Jeremy Hill involved. Now you also have uh, Joe Mixon who's in the mix. They haven't been able to do anything constructive on the offensive side of the football. When do you make the change to A.J. McCarron?
1: It's it's tough because he is your guy. He's the guy you paid all your money to, your franchise guy. And you want to see him work through it. You want to see him, okay, have some adversity, have to fight through it and bring a team through it. And like you just mentioned, Cordell, they, he has weapons around him. They went out and drafted a uh, very talented Joe Mixon. You still got arguably one of the top receivers in the game in, the, in A.J. Green. You got a, a complimentary second guy and Brandon LaFell. You got some guys who can make some plays for you, and you're still not getting it done. And in the era of now where you get later in your career, you shouldn't be going the way he's going. And if for some reason, I know they like A.J. McCarron. Uh, there's been talks, you know, around the league for the past couple of years, me and him actually share an agent. And uh, my agent, you know, he, he talked about how, you know, their team's always calling about him. But I think Cincinnati knows they need him around for situations like this where they're in with Andy Dalton and him not playing well. If he doesn't play well in this next game, I think they will have to make a change because if not, You're just letting your season go to waste. You're letting all these quality players in their prime go to waste as well. You need to get some guys in there who can win games for you and move the football. Those numbers you just mentioned are terrible for a franchise starting quarterback. He has to be better or he'll be sitting on the bench making all that money.
0: And a reminder, Cincinnati 0-2, no touchdowns scored, head to Lambeau Field on Sunday. It does not get any less challenging.
1: Oh, that will be great for him. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Hello, Owen 3. As we say goodbye to our pal DJ. Great information as always, DJ. We'll chat with you next Monday on the NFL on TuneIn.
1: All right, fellas. I appreciate it. I'll be good. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash
0: Stewart. Live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. TuneIn.